And hello everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of History Creeps. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend. Uh, that's right, the Johnny Townsend, the one and only. Though there's a couple more because I've seen them on Facebook and I don't appreciate them. Uh, and also with me is Chris Chavez, my buddy, my pal. What's, What's up? I was hoping you were going to try to say the Chris Chavez. I was going to say, no, 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 I'm not the, I'm a Chris Chavez. Uh, are they other so Chris Chavez? We're, we're going to all start with, we're going to have a different article at the beginning of each of our names. Oh, oh. Well, see, I don't know English very well. So, uh, and also with us is Ann Carter Johnson. <laughs> hello, hello. I am one of many. <laughs> one of many. There's another Johnny Townsend who does like bluegrass music, apparently. Is it really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That so I don't awesome. mind him. He's fine. <laughs> I believe there is a. A musician named Chris Chavez also. Actually, yeah, you can go to ChrisChavez.com and he does like yoga and music and he's like this crazy hippie looking dude. Oh, I really hope he has like a cult following and he has a legit cult with him and he lives on a compound and everything. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he might be, dude. He looks like he he's like he kind of looks like Jesus, to be honest with you. Jesus with pigtails. He braids his hair in pigtails. <laughs> okay, I'm looking this up right now. It's ChrisChavez.com and then check out the gallery. Oh, it's fun. I'm doing it as we speak. Dot the com. My interest here is whether or not he's got more uh, Instagram followers than you. I bet he does. I don't even want to see. <laughs> You're right. He does yoga and music both. Emotional folk rock, apparently. He's based in Istanbul. He looks kind of like He certainly like is. Free your body. <laughs> That's that's and my your motto. ass will follow. Twelve point two thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere near that. Close, close. So what's up, guys? Okay. I just want to point out that there is another Carter Johnson that writes books. He ain't me. Have you guys ever done that where you looked up your name and put .com at the end? Yes, I, I've done that, and I've done it on you know Facebook. Like, oh, who else has my name? Carter Johnson's <laughs> temporarily down. Yep. <laughs> Almost every photo I see of this uh, Chris Chavez, he's in some weird pose. <laughs> he, like he doesn't walk like a normal person or stand like a normal person does. <laughs> he's, he's I want to know all about this Chris Chavez now. I want to know everything. <laughs> How much you want to bet after we're done recording, you start listening to the music and you legit start to yeah. like it. You're like, I like this actually. <laughs> Downloading yeah, it on Spotify. And start following all his teachings. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be calling in from Istanbul for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Greetings and good blessings to you, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in a cult. <laughs> uh, speaking of cults, uh, today's po- topic is going to be pretty fun. I thought you were about to say, speaking of cults, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Scientology. <laughs> uh, That's actually good. Yeah, go with that. There you go. go with that. I'll insert a Scientology commercial here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or not. That would be creepy. Um, yeah, thanks for yourselves, people. Yeah, it's, we're going to have a good topic today. I'm looking forward to this one for sure. But before we get into it, we have current creeps. Finally, it's been a while since we've had some current creeps. We got some good ones. Uh, dude, two crazy things have happened in the past month, a couple of weeks at least, that if we don't talk about it, we are do- doing our listeners a disservice. We are. We are. Turn us off if you don't hear us telling you stories like this. This is nonsense. Nonsense, I say. All I right. have to agree with you. 
Though yeah. if they turn us off, they won't know if we eventually brought it up. You're right. Don't turn us off. Don't don't yeah, turn. There we go. Don't don't insert your logic into this, Johnny. Come on. <laughs> I never inserted anywhere else though. Ooh, so where am I going to insert it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, of course. Something's, something's uh, playing music here on the the uh, the website I found. Didn't I just say that about how they start? All of a sudden, I have music playing in the background. Um, okay. Is it, is it Chris Chavez's music? No. Oh, dude, I wish like, I should have like played It's like MySpace from back in the day. <sighs> yeah, right? I am, I'm legit going to look up that guy's music after this show. <laughs> I know you are, like. dude. I'm going to get texts from you <laughs> afterwards. Uh, I honestly do like folk rock. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, Current Creeps, you guys ready for this craziness that's happening out of Georgia? This was legit, yes. too. When I saw this, I, I was waiting to see that this was like... Uh, what's the world weekly world news or what's those crazy sites? You know what I mean? The sensationalist kind of fakey ones. You yeah. hit it. Weekly world news. Yeah. Uh, star, the star. There That's another one. So I was totally thinking this was going to be one of those kinds of stories when I saw the headline, but this is on every major news network. Uh, and the article I'm looking at right now is actually from national geographic.com. Uh, earlier in March, a strange sea creature washes ashore and stumps scientists. It's not clear what the mysterious creature is that reportedly washed ashore in Georgia, or, for that matter, if we'll get a clear answer. Last now, week, is this saying Georgia the state or Georgia the country? Uh, Georgia. It just says, yeah, Georgia the state, deep, deep south. Oh. Uh, it says, no last week, the decomposing remains of what appeared to be a strange creature was found on a beach at Wolf Island National Wildlife Refuge in southeast Georgia, uh, reports local media. Jeff Warren, the man who reportedly found the remains, sent photos to several media outlets in Georgia where it quickly garnered attention. Uh, of marine scientists who have seen the photo, their interpretations range from the creature likely being some kind of decomposing fish to an outright hoax. Without physical samples to study, it's likely impossible to determine the creature's origin, they say. Um... So you guys have seen this because I know I sent this to you guys to take a look at and and say, hey, what do you guys think of this? And so, yeah, hey, what do you think of that? Well, it makes sense that it was in Georgia, the state, because if you look at the picture, um, the giant penis is pixelized and – the Georgia to, is in the Bible Belt, so that makes sense to me. <laughs> if you go to National Geographic, they have an actual video. It's video. It's not a picture. Is it uncensored? Yes. Oh. <laughs> you want to know what it is? Am I right? I feel like I'm right on no, this. No, they're entrails. Oh, you're oh. It's the innards of this thing. Well, at least it looks like the innards of this thing. Who knows? That could be sea creature penis. I've never seen a sea creature penis. No, but strangely, I do want to see what they look like now. That is just for that is now scientific research. That is now going to be one of our new T-shirts coming out soon. I've never seen a sea creature's penis. That's right. <laughs> and so, so That's yeah, right. if you look at this video, uh, it's weird looking, dude. And without like anything else in the picture to give you kind of any kind of context, it's hard to say how big it is. My guess would be it's probably <laughs> the not the not the not the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm way too immature. <laughs> uh, yeah, not the pixelation, but uh, the actual size of this thing looks. If if you ask me, I'm probably I'm thinking it's probably the size of uh, a a baby horse. Yeah, um, 
But what do you guys think? You guys saw this thing. You saw the pictures. What are your thoughts? It looks almost like a plesiosaur. Right? With the fin right there and the... Because, I mean, it's only one shot from, like, you know, one angle. But, you you know, you could you could deduce a head here, a tail, a flipper. I mean, if it's missing entrails, maybe the other flipper got... Uh, got eaten off or or pulled off or something. I feel like, though, like, I don't know if you guys can get to the picture. Listeners, if you're at home, you can pull this picture up. Zoom in as much as you can on the head. Um, It almost looks faked. Uh, But then again, if it's decomposing, it would look kind of like paper mache-ish and fake. You know what I mean? It's really hard to say. Yeah, Yeah, it's... It's really intriguing. I mean, honestly, things wash up on our shores all the time that we're unsure of what they are. But it's now I, when you was reading the article, it said without studying any of the the pieces of it, does that mean that it's just gone now or do they have it in there and they just haven't gotten to it yet? Because I'm really curious about this thing. Yeah. Uh, it, a marine biologist, Quentin White from Jacksonville University, says, uh, quote, that that could easily be faked. We think someone's playing a joke on us. We've never seen anything like it. There aren't really signs of decomposition, and it looks remarkably intact. Um, and then this guy, there's a guy named John Crawfish Crawford. All right, this dude's nickname legit. In the news, they made sure to let you know his nickname is Crawfish. John Crawford, a naturalist at the University of Georgia Marine Extension and Georgia Sea Grant says, quote, I am convinced the sea creature is a constructed model of a baby Altamahaha monster. A what a what a monster? Altamahaha monster. What the hell is that? It's a oh, Crawford notes that the remains were found near the ground zero habitat of that mythical creature i've never heard of that creature have you ever heard of this thing altamahama i know what, i know what a kamehameha is but <laughs> uh here we go wikipedia altamahaha in georgia fork folklore the altamahaha or the alti is a legendary creature alleged to inhabit the myriad small streams and abandoned rice fields near the mouth of the altamaha river in southeastern Georgia, sightings are particularly reported around Darien and elsewhere in McIntosh County. Uh, yeah, if you look at this, it's it's a cryptid, basically. Um, the drawing of it on on Wikipedia looks like that's what that is exactly. And it but may- one of the one of the articles I read, the scientists were trying to say it was like a um, the carcass of a, a basking shark or something like that. Yeah, it looks kind of like a, a somewhat because of the the back end of it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's strange, man. This is craziness, and even even now, March 2018, we still have things like this happening where we go, huh? And people are shaking, scratching their heads, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't know hardly anything that's underneath the deep. Or above the deep. Or in the middle of the deep. All the deep, we don't know. Let me ask you if you know about this craziness. I do. Fox <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, I'm behind it all. Fox News reports creepy military voicemail warning of impending doomsday sends Internet into meltdown. So a friend of ours on Facebook tagged Johnny and I on this thread of posts from all parts of the Internet. Uh, Reddit posts, uh, Twitter posts, Facebook posts. And they're claiming that 
as fast as you can, read it, you know, screenshot it, save it, because these posts are being removed at a lightning quick uh, pace online uh, because the government or someone's trying to hide the fact that there's all this craziness going on with alien lives, uh, spies. It's crazy. So here's the story. Terrifying voicemail in military code uh, sent random Twitter u- sent to random Twitter users' phones has sent the internet into meltdown as users speculate over its link to MH370, which is Malaysian Airline 370, uh, alien life, and an impending doomsday date. It appears to have started with Thai, an ordinary Twitter user with no apparent prior interest in any of those topics or the conspiracy theories that inevitably accompany any discussion of them. So strange right uh what ends up here's the post that that there's a this weird post on march 13th ty posted a recording of a creepy voicemail message he received on his mobile phone and asked for help translating it uh since then it has received more than 7 million views and hatched a dozen conspiracy theories earning ty more than forty thousand extra follows and forcing him to temporarily deactivate his account um the bizarre voicemail features a, ro- a robotic voice droning out an automated message entirely in NATO phonetic alphabet. De- deciphered, it reads, Dan- uh, S, danger, SOS. It is dire for you to evacuate. Be cautious. They are not human. No. Yes. <laughs> then there's a run of numbers right after that. 0429-339-64230. SOS, danger, SOS. And it just keeps repeating. It's on a loop. Other users set to work on the number sequence. They appeared to be a set of coordinates, which when plugged into Google Maps, led to one location in Africa and another near Malaysia. The latter, many users noted, was very close to where Malaysian Air Flight MH370 vanished from radar, leading to speculation that the voicemail was a recording of the doomed plane's encounter with an alien craft. One one user tweets, are you saying that Malaysia Flight 370 encountered something non-human? Uh, user Ty responded, it's a police code. It says danger SOS. Uh, it is dire for you to evacuate. Be cautious. They are not human. He also uh, posted the unsettling message uh, to a Twitter account with all these numbers. So apparently, uh, there's a this is deep. This is a crazy thing, right? Like you guys saw this thing. You saw this crazy uh, chain of of posts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it goes so far as to say that April 18th, there's supposed to be some arrival of uh, alien life. Did you see this part of it? I guess we'll know when that day gets here if he was lying or not (laughs) yeah yeah right several users decided the numerical sequence and the morse code and got this they are taking over some cryptic lines about late scientist stephen hawking which read the message this is what one of the things came out uh the message received is well related to stephen hawking's death you are not ready to face them a numerical sequence alludes to april 18th as some kind of day of reckoning rapture or the day when they are quote taking over isn't that weird? It says also here, disturbingly, a few nights before he started receiving the messages, Ty posted about an odd event in which an unknown man drove by his home and took photographs at 3 a.m. using flash. He now believes the man with the camera is linked to the voicemail and the direct messages he's receiving. Since the post went viral, uh, Twitter turned into a hotbed of paranormal activity and analysis. Um, oh, man. I I have my doubts. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is just somebody just having a good time and now it went crazy so they're just feeding more into it i really do and once that happens other people are going to jump on board um the thing that really 
You said something that really stood out to me when you were reading the article, and that was – now, keep in mind, it wasn't on Fox News, I guess, but uh, – You're correct. That, You're correct. Yeah, the one that, I read it was off of Fox News, but there's a, a ton of different articles on this thing. Right, here. right. But the thing you said was once that started getting rolling, that guy had to deactivate his Twitter because he got so many followers. That makes zero sense. You can get a millions and millions of followers in one day, and your Twitter is fine. So why did he do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. I'm not sure, man. I don't know. And, uh, you know, I would, if, if the 18th gets here and I was totally wrong about this person, then I will apologize. <laughs> well, what happens? Like you wake up on April 18th yeah. and all of a sudden you turn on the news and there's like news footage, breaking news. And you see these big saucers in the sky and all kinds of craziness going down. My wife's going to be like, this birthday sucks. <laughs> Is that her birthday? <laughs> That's her birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to be good. Tell her you're celebrating the day before. Don't tell her why, though. Yeah, just in case. Then she wakes up and draws the curtains aside and sees what's going on outside. Be like, see, honey, at least we got to celebrate your birthday. She's going to be like Will Smith on Independence Day. I was just thinking the same thing. It's like a little shaking. They run in. Honey, the neighbors are leaving. Yeah. Just walks outside to pick up the paper. And doesn't notice. So, yeah, this is some crazy weird stuff, dude. I saw this and I was like, that is strange. The more I read it, though, you know, like when you start reading more and more and how crazy it sounds, you start thinking, but what if, dude? Like, really, what if? What if this guy really did get this message accidentally? Or there was one guy that in this whole chain of of, of you know posts on this thing that was talking about how one guy's like, well, how, how could he be getting this signal now? And, and I guess some something about the date that he got this recording um, – is was there was some crazy solar flare it was one of the more intense solar flares that we've had so it would have increased you know the range for this kind of thing i don't know i mean I'm the not- other thing the other thing that stood out to me when you was reading all that did he say that that guy who was taking pictures of his house happened before he got the call yeah how, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Days like, days what? before he got the call, he got that happened, and then all of a sudden he got this on his Twitter voice. Dude, I wish I would get it, man. I want to get a Twitter voicemail doing all craziness like that. Yeah, but my question would be if that guy was – like let's just say that he's telling the truth. Let's just say that everything he says is the gospel truth of what he's saying. That means that they knew he was going to get the call. Like if that person who was looking at his house is related to all this. Huh. You know what I mean? If he Could was there be. before. Could be. See, it doesn't make any sense. This story is, is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to make sense. Carter, back me up. You're an author. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no... See, that's the thing is that there's probably some really... Either really mundane or really creepy reason why the guy was taking pictures of the house. Yeah. That, that may have nothing whatsoever to do with this. You know, yeah. he's like Google. Yeah, you guys, you guys yeah. know this because you fall down YouTube rabbit holes too. With the propagation of the internet, everybody shares their weird, freaky stories. You know, even if they have nothing to do with aliens or you know government conspiracy, just weird shit happens to people all the time now. The only yeah. reason, the only reason we, you know, see more of it is because everybody shares their stories on Twitter and Reddit and Facebook, and so maybe there's some unrelated yet super creepy reason why this guy was taking pictures of his house. Maybe he was going to rob it later or something. But why was he getting voicemails like this on his Twitter? November. Call. Echo. Rob. 
Sierra, Oscar, Sierra, India, Tango, India, Sierra, Delta, India, Romeo, Echo. It's basically, yeah, it's, that's. Dude, that freaked me the hell out for a second, man. That's I was, I was about to be like, what the shit is going on here? <laughs> It's yeah. definitely military, and man, I hate being the Debbie Downer on these things, but it, it, that can't be that hard to replicate. Oh no, it's easy. I mean, you, it's yeah. it's not hard to do that. It, uh, don't they have those? What do you call them? The um, speaking like you type in what you wanted to say, and the computer says it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the guy on the radio at the beginning of War Games, dude. There's some funny stuff though. Okay, go to if you go to Twitter and just type in voicemail conspiracy. There's somebody that put. Uh, so I was looking deep into the voicemail conspiracy theory. Then I get this text, and he shows a text with just crazy letters. There's another put person that posted. Um, she said, "So I listened to that voicemail going viral, and then this happened. And it's she's got a video outside her house with five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten helicopters flying overhead." Well, yeah. that could be that one could be easily explained by, hey, do you live near a military base or, you know, an Air National Guard base? I see Blackhawks, you know, and stuff flying near my house all the time. But there's an Air National Guard base right near the airport. All the so. stuff that people write, though, is it's super creepy. This one goes, y'all, I was just reading the conspiracy thread about the voicemail Malaysia Airlines shit. And my phone really screenshot itself, but there's no pic in my camera roll. So basically, the government's taking a picture of me, and now I'm their next target. <laughs> dude, can, we all want to be a part of the story. Dude, can, can, you imagine, can you imagine if you're on your phone and all of a sudden you hear it click taking a picture? My phone will like open up apps. I'm not trying to open app up when I'm just putting it in my pocket. So yep. it's not out of the question to me. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of human nature when something's happening that we want to make ourselves a part of it one way or the other. And sometimes we will force it in ways like, uh, you know, there's like if some tragedy happens and somebody was like, you know, 9-11 is a great example. There, were, I heard so many stories of people were like, well, I was supposed to be on that plane or something like that. Right. You know, uh, but it's just I don't know. I have a hard time believing this one. I really do. It's. Now, guaranteed, if I'd gotten something like that, I would be freaked out as well, to be fair. It's weird and strange to get that out of the blue on your phone. Well, and, and, and if it's if it what it, it could be, maybe this guy's not hoaxing it. Somebody else is hoaxing him. Yeah, that's the you know, yeah. so for all intents and purposes, what, what he thinks is happening is real. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And maybe who's hoaxing him is an alien, though, but it's just his alien with a great sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's back from Mac and me. Delta, Alpha, November, Gaul, Echo, Romeo, Sierra. That's just creepy sounding. Yeah, that sounds like the missile code at the beginning of war games. There you go. Yeah, that's just military speaketh. Sweet. So there you go, guys. There's some current creeps for you. Take it, uh, take it what you will. Go check it out. See what you think. I'd be interested to see what, uh, what what listeners think of both of these current creeps, what listeners think about the creature and what they think about this crazy Twitter voicemail conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Well, I will also say one last thing on that last one. If if this is all true and the government was trying to uh, curb all this from getting out, they did a terrible job because <laughs> that thing was all over Twitter. Yeah. 
Well, they say it keeps getting taken down. You might, yeah. Uh, I I would like to test it. I'd po- I'll post something saying uh, that I got a voicemail, and then see if it just gets taken down. Or just <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm or just like repost all that stuff people have been saying, and just see if it stays there. I wonder the one that the 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 post we were tagged on on Facebook is it still there. I don't know. I'm well, going to assume it th- is. Well, here's the thing. Like you said, everybody wants to be a part of the story. So if you put it up. Wouldn't it be adding to the story if you just delete it and say, oh, "Some somebody took it down"? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh. That would be creepy. I have an update. I, I would like. I would like throw away my phone after that. You know. I have an update, Chris. Uh, that thing we were tagged in is still there. Oh, alrighty then. Just just looked. We're gonna have. Looked. It's gonna be like uh, conspiracy con- Twitter conspiracy watch, and so. We'll constantly yeah. check to see that that's still posted or when it gets deleted. Because <laughs> we don't have enough going on in this world to worry about, you know. Throughout that's the episode. Just, uh, we'll be in the middle of, of this episode and I'll just be like, by the way, how's that Twitter thing looking? <laughs> what day did it say? April what? April 18th, I think. 18th. Let's mark it down somewhere. And on April 18th, we'll come back and look at this and see what happened. I feel like our next episode should be a doomsday episode. I don't like those. They freak me out more than anything. <laughs> Thank they you really for do. saying that because I was going to say the same thing. Well, that's what this show's about, man. I prefer not to, but it wigs me out, man. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, when it comes to that, I prefer just to be completely ignorant. <laughs> you don't want to know when Skynet's taken over? Nope. Nope. That's why I never you already understood. know when Skynet's taken over. It's, it's already happening, on, man. Yeah, it's, it's already happening on. now. Well, that's right, Alexa. Yeah. August 29th, 1997. Came and went. We're good. I watched Terminator 2 that day. It was all good. <laughs> Alexa's doing her own thing now. She's laughing at us. Uh, our phones are taking pictures by themselves, apparently. All kinds of crazy things. Cats well, and dogs I, are living together. It's mass hysteria. <laughs> I think some of those people are neglecting to mention that they may have their pants down, and Alexa is laughing at their small penises. Yowzes. I'm just well, going to throw that out there. That's just my personal experience. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went and just blabbered to the whole world. Carter thinks quite a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, so we're talking about this uh, weird Really weird guy, right, Chris? His name Jack. is Jack Parsons. Yes, this is our Patreon uh, roundtable poll pick. Uh, our patrons of, of, of the executive level. No, no, no. Sorry. Boardroom level uh, get to pick our, our roundtable episodes. And this is what they picked for the week. Uh, so the episode's been long enough with Current Creeps. We'll see you next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, seriously, Jack Parsons... Uh, I added him to the poll because, like I was telling you guys before we started recording, I came across him as a blurb. Like He was just quickly mentioned about something, and I thought, well, that's strange. Uh, and I wanted to look into him more. And the more I looked into him, I was like, holy crap, this dude's like legit important to U.S. history and is legit embroiled in history creepy creeps. stuff. Shit, yeah. yes. So I, I figured we're putting this on, and if people want to talk, if they're interested, we'll talk about it. If not, we're going to talk about it later whenever we want to. Uh, <laughs> Either way, we're going to talk about yeah. it. We're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So here we go. Let's get into it, guys. Jack Parsons, uh, the, the reason he's super important is because uh, he's basically, it, without him, we'd have no 
space program the way we see it today with rockets and rocket jet propulsion, right? Is that that's what you guys got from basically his, the whole scientific rocket part of his life? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. He's one of the founding members of JPL. So yeah, I would say so. And you were he saying was vital. Yeah. Yeah, Carter, you were saying you you were you were familiar with JPL, like you knew about that or you'd heard of JPL. Yeah, and I and I had heard this guy's name mentioned in conjunction with that, but I didn't you know the 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 for our listeners the creepy aspects that Chris was mentioning just now I had never heard of I just heard of this guy you know oh he's one of the you know the fathers of modern uh uh rocketry rocket rocket science yeah to to to, to not to put too fine a point on it but you know the, and this guy the more you dig into it especially his early life when he was you know working for JPL and and doing stuff like that it's like well you know why haven't why why haven't you heard more about this guy right you know why don't they why don't they touch on this guy when you're in school i mean this is a this is a a very important person i think it yeah, has I to think do with there's a reason for that though yeah it has to opinion. do with it has to yeah. do with the darker side i think it's, it's almost His extracurricular activities <laughs> yeah but it's, but christopher columbus was into a lot of extracurricular activities and they still yeah, mention him yeah, but you notice that they don't talk about those extra, like, like, but with this guy, to me, like, I think I don't, I don't like Columbus either. He kind of did a lot of underhanded things, but uh, this guy, to me, uh, not to give away too much yet, he, uh, especially at the time, you got to remember the time too. Uh, this is like the uh, nineteen. When was this? The nineteen. He was born in like nineteen fourteen ish, right? Yeah. Yep, nineteen fourteen, October second. Yeah, look at that. I, I remember. I have no notes, and I remember that. That's impressive. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, like you know, when he was growing up and all that, the his extracurriculars were especially at that time, yeah, uh, frowned upon. I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's so. get into it, guys. Okay, so this guy Jack Parsons. Jack's not even his real name. Uh, John's not his real name. The dude was born with the name Marvel. Named after That's, his which is awesome. That's yes. awesome. Yes, he was named. Yeah, why after would you his change father. that? That's fantastic. Well, apparently it was his his mom did because uh, so when he was born, he was named Marvel after his father, uh, and shortly after he was born, his parents had issues. His his dad had uh, a prostitute that he visited frequently, uh, and the mom found out and was just like, you know what, screw you, uh, left him and remarried and went to live uh, with um, with her parents. On in like this like hoity toity section of, of town where it was like he came from money basically he had you know he 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 was very he came from a wealthy family um, a place the, in Pasadena known as Millionaire's Mile yeah there you go uh, and and his mom to just kind of I don't want to think about Marvel anymore I'm gonna just call you John you know what I mean and then it became Jack as as his as his uh, as the the name progressed from there so that's why uh, that happened but. Um, the, yeah, like I said, the kid grew up in in the in, in a, a good upbringing, um, and he was into like all kinds of. Uh, he got into science a, a little like right after reading stuff by like Jules Verne and, and science fiction stuff as a kid. I mean, like a lot of us that are into science fiction, usually that's where it hits you when you're a kid and you get into one of these you know stories, these science fiction stories. You're just like give me more well for him this was all brand new rocketry and and jet all these propulsions and things like this going to space was it's it was like unheard of one of the things i read was that 
uh, scientists and science at that time, if like if you told them you were into rockets or you were into that kind of thing, science fiction, they would look at you like you were crazy. Like you don't, that's not real. It's not real science. And he, it's because of Jack Parsons that it was taken seriously. Uh, and like we said, ends up changing basically, uh, you know, Americans science uh, rocketry. Well, I mean, even uh, even during this time of when he's getting a little older and we haven't touched on it yet, but uh, when it comes to science fiction at the time, it was not even considered like real literature even. Right. Like it was kind of – it was frowned upon a lot. Right. It was like, like you shouldn't be – kind of like, you know, at one point comic books was kind of dealt the same way. I was going to say so, that. Yeah. Like so. the pulp magazines is basically where these stories were in and then they're looked at as like trash magazines. Yeah, that, 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 this was saying he used to read uh, one called Amazing Stories. Yeah. And that's where, like, H.P. Lovecraft used to publish in. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so. Yeah, he was into that, but he was also, and because of that stuff, he was into, like, rockets. Like, he started trying to build his own and create his own. And I read where he was using, like, cherry bombs and all different kinds of, like, firecrackers for propulsion and, like, doing these little backyard experiments to try to create rockets. And as he, and when he's a kid, he ends up meeting this other kid in school uh, who he becomes really good friends with. Um, I, I mean, I think they, they stay friends almost their entire lives working together. Oh, yep. man. I can't remember what his name is, though. Do you have it there? Yeah, give me a second. I'll find it. Edward, right? Edward Foreman. Foreman. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Foreman. Uh, so he becomes friends with this kid. Uh, during this time, while he's getting into all this rocketry and, and him and his friend are experimenting and getting into this, uh, it's at a very young age that he starts to have an interest in other things that are not science or science fiction. Um, at a young age, he starts to really get interested in the occult. And did you guys see this, that he, when he was a kid, he tried to summon the devil uh, in his bedroom. He tried to create, do a, a seance or a ritual to summon the devil. Uh, but and then he got he, wigged out because he thought he did. Yeah, he freaked out and then he <laughs> stopped and stuff. But like right then was like that, you could already see it. The kid that was totally into science and rocketry and how can we make this work? You know what I mean? Wants to see if this other stuff is real too. He wants to see if he can make it work. You can see how that mind works. And why it leads him into the life that that it eventually leads him to. Uh, let's see here. So basically, he continues to excel uh, in terms of um, creating ways for the for these this rocketry and rocket fuel to to burn. What is it like burn better? I don't, I'm not see. I'm not well versed in rocketry, so I don't know. But it, I guess the important thing is is like he was figuring out how to make it so that the fuel lasted longer and burned stronger or propelled better, right? He was he was trying to make a uh, a solid fuel oh, rocket okay. engine because at that time they were using a lot of like. Uh, uh, mostly liquid fuels, okay, uh, and and like liquid oxygen and stuff like that. And what he was trying to do was create an actual solid fuel rocket engine, and that's one of the things that everybody kind of laughed at him about. I you know, see. And now, yeah. and now, you know, I know I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we use a lot of solid fuel uh, rockets. So I mean, and, and especially with the technology that he was working with at the time you know it's it'd be like it'd be like chris if you went back to 1930 and you were like hey i have this device you know fits in my pocket i have access to 
every piece of information you know ever stored and i can make phone calls with it and i can do this and that and people would be like how does it work and you'd be like i don't know the shit just works <laughs> exactly you know I, I don't know how it works but but that's the, the so that's the point like he you're, you're saying basically he wanted to create some he was the steve jobs of his arrow he wanted to create something where people were like that's impossible and he was like no it's possible and he, he had one of those minds, though, where he could think outside of the box. He would see things going on around him in the real world and think to himself, oh, well, that's kind of like this. Let me try it or substitute it. And it would work uh, in yeah, the lab. Yeah, he didn't have a degree or anything either. That was one of the things I wanted to point out. Like, this guy would get into schools, wouldn't, would get into universities, but then he would end up dropping out. He wouldn't do well because he was so focused on this. He would do poorly at his studies. Um, he wouldn't show up. Yeah, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't go to class, and he wouldn't do the do the work because he was so focused on what it was that he was the goal that he was trying to achieve. Right, and not just this dude, but like this, him and a couple of the other people that he would hang around. This foreman guy and a couple of other guys. Um, they they become this really tight knit group of guys that are very interested in this in this kind of science now. Uh, and they're pioneers, like, like trailblazers, the stuff that they're doing and creating and realizing and figuring out so much so that the U.S. government's like, we'll literally pay you to do this stuff for us because it's working. Uh, but did you see the name? Of the, the There's a nickname that these, this group was called the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I was yeah, like, this is this. the original Suicide yeah. Squad. These, they were called the Suicide Squad because basically they were they were reckless. What was the thing you said was in the Martian movie? It was uh, something about about these guys. Oh, it's a quick Matt Damon line where he talks about uh, a couple of guys in a in a dorm room almost burned their dorm down at Caltech, and Caltech was like, "Well, hey, you know, you're you're working on something big here." So they they banished them to a farmhouse, yeah, and told them to keep working. And now we have JPL, and they did. They he got into J. They they created that. Um, they he founded Aerojet the Aerojet Corporation. Uh, he got into all this stuff. One of the cool things I saw also um, was that I guess he he did a lecture on rocketry at a Los, a Los Angeles science fiction like convention. Uh, and do you know who he ends up meeting at the time, having a conversation with? A young Ray Bradbury. Yes, sir. One of science fiction's greatest writers, man. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. That's what Turn I'm saying. Turn 451. <laughs> this guy has had a ridiculously storied life just on this side of it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you tr you could you could fill up pages, you know, with the things that this guy yeah uh, accomplished in his lifetime, as far as this goes. He works with National Academy of Sciences, Army Air Corps Research. He works with. Uh, he even works with later in his life with like the Israeli government and some other, you know, like he's done all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, but I want to start getting into the real stuff now, the stuff that we know History Creeps is about. Because we like stuff from history, but we also like creepy shit. And <laughs> this right here, this guy, uh, I don't think I don't think veering into left field even covers it. <laughs> He careened into it. Yeah, yeah he, he went yeah. past left field and kept going to yeah. like Asgard or something, you know. But, and you would think that the, the farthest left field you get is literally conjuring the devil, which he, is what he starts with. You know what I mean? At a but young it's like, age. No, you started with that. Where like, else can you go? Exactly. Where else can you go? But he does, dude, because uh, what is it? Maybe in his 20s, he starts getting into um, – let, all right, let's let's try to figure out how how this is 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 said specifically. Um, 
Thelema? Thelema? Do you guys know what this I don't is? Know. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce it. I feel like any way we try to pronounce it, it's going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Thelema is a religion. It's a social or, or spiritual philosophy. I'm reading a Wikipedia. Uh, Thelema is a social or spiritual philosophy derived from Western esotericism. While it is most often regarded as a religion, uh, a new religious movement in particular, it is also referred to as a philosophy, religious philosophy, or religious matrix. The fundamental principle underlying uh, Thelema, known as the law of Thelema, is, quote, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law, love under will. That's it. They basically just said, do what you want to do, as long as it's with love, and that's it. Um, it was developed in the early 1900s by a guy you guys might know the name of, a, a, a gentleman by Maybe. the name of Alistair Crowley. No, 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 back it up. Insert, it's gonna be like dun, dun, dun. I was gonna say Alistair insert Crowley. Insert yeah. thunderclaps. <laughs> so here we go, guys. We're getting into the occult now. So he gets into this religious movement that was started by Aleister Crowley, and it picked up steam here in the United States. He meets a couple of people that bring him to a basically it's like a black mass, a, a, a Gnostic mass um, at this religious thing for him to witness. Did you guys see anything about this or what it was like? What's involved in it? I've yeah. I mean, I've been to a black mass and wait you've been to one okay not, now we're not like what you guys are thinking no no no, no. yeah i want to know what you it don't is. know what it's we're not thinking don't judge yes us. i do you know, you know me i'm not gonna like go and sacrifice a goat or something like that you no, know no 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 i want to um, hear about this now so what's well the deal? okay here's the here's the thing a lot of uh a lot of modern day uh satanism and black religions and stuff like that really abhor uh, killing animals for no reason, you know, like, um, uh, a lot of modern Satanists are, are, are okay with killing animals as long as you're going to eat it, you know, like they don't, they're not into just doing it, you know, as like a sacrifice or something. So they, a lot of that stuff was made up by the Catholic church to make Satanism look bad. Um, I want to, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, most of the time it's, it's, it's about what you would, uh, expect to see at any kind of mass. You know, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, uh, a group of people together. They're praying. Everybody kind of looks strange in this, in the, in the sense of, uh, there's a lot of black clothing and a lot of black hair and a lot of black lipstick and, you know, shit like that. So it's a Marilyn uh, it's kind of Manson the opposite concert. of what you would see in church on a Sunday. It's a Marilyn Manson concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit more like a Marilyn Manson concert. I wanted to correct uh-huh. myself though, because Gnostic Mass is not a black mass. Uh, Alistair Crowley, I was, I just pulled this up. A Gnostic Mass is, um, it says it's the structure is similar to the Mass of the Eastern Orthodox Church or the Roman Catholic Church. However, it communicates the principles of Crowley's Thelema. So I'm not sure if it does the same thing. Uh, but this is what it says. The ceremony calls for five officers, a priest, a priestess, a deacon, and two acolytes called children. Uh, let's see. The end of the ritual. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty similar to like a Catholic mass. It says that the, uh, it's, uh, let's see here. It says the begin. Okay, the ceremony, there's all kinds of crazy ceremonies here. But it says the beginning of the ritual, um, 
Jesus, where did it go? The end of the ritual culminates in the consummation of a Eucharist consisting of a goblet of wine and a cake of light, uh, after which the congregants proclaim, there's no part of me that is not of the gods. The cake of light um, contains honey, oil, and particular bodily fluids and is usually cooked in the shape of a small flat wafer. That's a Catholic mass, man. But I don't that's know a, that. That's exactly what it is. I don't know that the Catholics add the uh, the fluid. Uh, they don't add any fluid. It's just tasteless mush when it hits your mouth. It's really not appetizing at all. Yeah, the cake of light um, has either menstrual blood or semen baked into it. Okay. So, so welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Gnostic Mass. So that's the deal. 1939, John and Francis Baxter, a brother and sister who befriend Jack and his wife, Helen, take them to the Church of Thelema on Winona Boulevard in Hollywood, where he witnesses the performance of the Gnostic Mass. Celebrants of the church also included Hollywood actor John uh, Carradine and gay rights activist Harry Hay. Gay rights activist Harry Hay. Uh, Parsons becomes intrigued by this and uh, because he's already heard of Aleister Crowley and he's read a bunch of his stuff and he gets totally into him and meets more people. And the more people he meets, the more he's just like, I want to really check this out. Um, and apparently, like, he really saw that there was a tie between, like, the the magic side of this whole thing and science. Like he thought that the reality of Thelemic magic as a force could explain, be explained through quantum physics. So that's what I was saying earlier. Like you could see this guy, his brain, no matter what is always trying to figure things out in a scientific way. So to get involved in this kind of stuff for me is, is, is sometimes is mind blowing to think how, how somebody can just jump right into all this craziness. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty uh, intense stuff. What'd you think, Johnny? Uh, I'm thinking a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think we got to do an episode on Crowley at some point. Obviously, oh for sure. That's an, that's another person entirely. Uh, but it, when it comes to, I think I, I feel like I've heard this somewhere or read this somewhere that. Uh, you know what? Uh, like putting people under hypnosis, like actually, the smarter you are, the easier it is to do that. Oh, really? I think I've read that somewhere. Either that I'm making it up now to make myself sound amazing, but <laughs> either way, it, it kind of makes sense because you know sometimes uh, our own intelligence kind of works against us if we're yeah. really, really smart. And um, you know, it's it's like it's no secret that. You know, I consider myself a Christian, but I'm sitting here doing this podcast about ghosts and stuff because I'm, I find this stuff fascinating. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but it's just uh, it's just that I think I think we try to and this is all of it. We all do this. We try to pigeonhole somebody like we say, if if I just told you that this guy was a rocket scientist. Oh, true. Yeah, and that's I all I told you. You're just going to think, oh, well, he's just a really smart guy. Probably reads books a lot or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's obviously he's a rocket scientist. I'm going to think, oh well, he's got a degree from, you know, Harvard or Caltech or MIT or something. Right. When it when the actual truth is, people are multifaceted in so many different ways, and uh, just trying to pigeonhole them pigeonhole them as one thing is not always true. 
That's true. And, and it's kind of like if you've never heard it before, if I'd ever played uh, what's his name's music for you? Uh, um, why can't I think? Oh, Charlie Manson. Yeah. If you ever played his music not knowing it was him, would you think, oh, well, that's Charles Manson? You know what I'm saying? Right. Because apparently he was a really good musician. He was actually above average. I don't know if you ever actually heard his music, but just musically, I'm saying it's just musically, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He actually wasn't terrible, but you know, as a person, he was horrendous. So Johnny Townsend very said below it. average person. Johnny Townsend <laughs> yeah. said it. Charles Manson really wasn't terrible at uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, he was he was uh, a monster. What's, yeah, a monster. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's get back into Jack Parsons here. So yeah, so he goes to this mass and becomes like infatuated with it. Continues to get more and more involved in in Aleister Crowley's thing. Uh, becomes friends with a bunch of the different people that are that are in this church and starts to bring some of his friends to the church as well. Um, he ends up becoming initiated in this place called the Agape Lodge, which was uh, renamed the Church of Thelema later on, um, and in it. They turn it into basically a uh, orgy community, right? More or less, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I got out of it. Well, that was the whole oh, oh, yeah. facet of the religion, right? Yeah, it seems it's okay. like... That's basically saying it's okay to screw around on your wife as long as you love the person you're screwing around with. Yeah, apparently it says here uh, Parsons adopted a Thelemic motto, um, Thelema Obtenuptium, I can't even pronounce these, Prodero. Amoris Nupte, Latin mistrans, and it's a mistranslation of the establishment yep. of Thelema through the rituals of love. And the point is, is he wanted to be able to use the letters to spell out to Pan, the god of, you know, uh, what is he, the uh, of excess, right? Pan? Yep. yep. Um, so apparently that's the name, like that's, that is his whole thing here. To Pan, let's have sex. Join my religion. Let's have sex. And that's what happens. Like apparently... There's all kinds of crazy group orgies that are happening. Um, and you're thinking to yourself, this guy's like working on rockets and developing all this stuff. Well, how does he have time to do this? He did. And in his professional life, people were getting pissed at him because he'd come in the next day super hungover or super tired because <laughs> of all of the uh, worshiping going on the night before. Oh, and by the way, it's going to come back when we get to it that all his uh, his little, uh, what do you want to call that? Uh, his free... Free love, worshiping. Uh, is worshiping. Yeah, the fact that um, even if you're married, you can just sleep with whoever, and it's okay. Yeah, that will that's going to come back and haunt him. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's crazy. As well, it should. It's crazy yeah. because there's a there's a time during this this time when his wife goes away and she goes to visit somebody, right? It's like a, a family member or something like that. Um, I can't remember what it was. But she went away for for a period, and during that time. He decides, cool, I'll have sex with your 17-year-old sister and develops a relationship with her. And then when she comes back, when the wife comes back, she's pissed. She's like, wait, what are you doing? And the sister's like, no, I'm his wife now. This is literally the kind of shit that if you wrote this in a script and presented it to a studio, they'd be like, dude, no one's going to believe that. Nobody's going to. This is way too out there. Nobody's going to believe this. They're not going to believe it. It's not even slightly plausible. Yeah, they're not going to believe it because the wife's just like, all right, cool. Um, I kind of like your your best friend anyway. And then she just gets together with his best friend. And the four of them are like friends. They hang out. They go on trips and stuff. 
which is weird. That's just weird. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just throwing that out there. That's just creepy and weird. Like, bro, you're sleeping with my ex-wife. I don't really want to. And she's not even my ex-wife yet. I don't even want to, like. Yeah. If I look at your face, I'm going to want to punch you. It's crazy, so... dude. It's crazy. So during this time, they end up, like, buying. A, they get a new place where they're this huge mansion uh, where they're going to have their commune now. And now, uh, is this the same mansion that was actually uh, left to him? Uh, no, no, right? this is a different one. Okay, yeah, they ended. I think they bought this one. They they purchased or, or moved to this mansion, um, and they're all they all pay rent there. Like everybody that lives at the commune pays rent there. Uh, one of the things I saw in here was that that he decorated the room with a copy of uh, the Steel of Revealing, a statue of Pan and his collection of swords and daggers. He converted the garage and laundry room into a chemical laboratory and held science fiction discussion meetings in the kitchen. So, like, people are in there, you know, discussing, trying to have intellectual conversations, and upstairs, it's like uh, Pornhub on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine they're, like, down there saying, so your thoughts, you think, when well, Jules Verne wrote this, and you hear, oh, 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 in the background the whole time. Shut up. We're trying to have an intelligent conversation here. Also, we now know uh, how Chris sounds when he's in the passions of love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But it's like during this time is when like this part of his life is really starting to bleed over into his professional life and it's hurting his his professional life. They would say like during these he'd go to rocket tests and he would start reciting Crowley's poem, uh, the hymn to Pan, but not just reciting it, but he'd be doing it in like this crazy eccentric manner, like like, you know, flailing his arms and really getting into it. Um and apparently during this time, somebody reported him saying that there was all this kind of black magic going on and and people were being raped and pregnant women were being shoved through fires uh, that the FBI decided that they were going to investigate what was going on. Uh, so, again, that doesn't look good for you when you're at work and you're getting phone calls because the FBI is investigating. Um, yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah, it's not that's good bad. at all. Uh, during this time, he's giving like his entire paycheck to this church and getting into this, this just belief of like, we can live however we want. Uh, we can do whatever we want. Uh, some of the followers are starting to think like, maybe this isn't the guy to lead us. And, uh, Crowley, even at some point starting to think, you know, we need to, we may, may need to kick him out of, of the, uh, the organization. Um, then he meets someone else. Uh, before we get into that though, wasn't there, you said there was a spot, he, he, they left him a house, right? He bought, no, he bought a, he bought a new house that he called the Parsonage. He named it after himself. I know it's, I know at some point, at least I'd heard this in a couple of different documentaries that, you know, you'd said he'd come from a wealthy family, like some, one of his, might've been his grandfather or somebody passed away, left him a whole mansion. Oh, really? Oh, I wonder if that was the one that they moved into originally. Cause this other one, he actually buys, he leases, uh, he he purchases a, a, the house that he calls the parsonage, uh, and this is where his life uh, cr- crosses another major figure in religious, basically religion history here in this country, or, or cult history, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, a science fiction writer and U.S. Navy officer by the name of L. Ron Hubbard 
moves dun, in dun, dun. <laughs> moves into the parsonage and becomes very close friends with Parsons himself. Uh, Parsons ends up writing to Crowley that Hubbard has no formal training in magic. He has an extraordinary amount of experience and understanding in the field. And for some reason, his experiences, uh, th- that he's in direct touch with a higher intelligence, possibly a guardian angel. He's the most thelemic person Parsons had ever met. Now, this is this is where I had heard of Parsons. I have uh, really looked into Scientology quite a bit. It just kind of fascinates me. And uh, especially Hubbard himself, he's such a – I don't even know how to describe him uh, besides a liar. freaking weirdo. It's okay. I want to go with liar because he just lied all the time. But is that my – so when you were looking into it, did, had you heard about all of this stuff that had gone on? How uh, – part? so apparently – so the, sis, the 17-year-old sister who's not 17 anymore. Uh, That's that, who ends up with uh, – L. Ron Hubbard, Hubbard. Right. yeah, she yep. totally falls in love with him and and, yes. and leaves Parsons for him, and then they legit dupe Parsons into giving them all his money. They run yep. off to Miami, and Parsons chases them down uh, to get his money back. They, he he actually uh, they had tried to do some kind of business, I think, and but Parsons was the one who was pretty much giving up all the money for it up front. So all his money was sucked into this business. So that business failed. And, uh, you know, Hubbard and uh, and that woman run off and he's kind of left destitute almost. Yeah. Uh, but lo- he, he gets lucky in that he actually ends up getting most of his money back, though. Yeah. He goes after them, uh, finds them in Florida. Uh, apparently, the one of the things I saw was that they tried to escape. Like L. Ron Hubbard and this and Sarah ended up purchasing these yachts and he, he found yes. them. He found that whatever these docks are that the yachts are at, and they legit tried to escape on the yacht, and which he does, which is a Hubbard, uh, a Hubbard thing, by the way. He'll do that again to escape the government in a yacht. <laughs> he would he would get these giant ships, and he would go out into international waters because uh, at the time uh, the government was after him for taxes. This is before Scientology was considered a religion. Because he owed so many taxes to the government, so he just got on a yacht or a giant ship. I forgot what he called it. It's called something, <laughs> and that's where that's the same ship where if you worked on it with him, you had to sign those the really infamous like billion year contracts. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, to work with him on there. So, uh, yeah, that's where all that comes. So that that does not surprise me at all that he was trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, dude, he totally he chases them down, and they 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 try to take off. They try to escape. Um, but apparently there was a crazy storm that starts to kind of pull in and they can't escape. They have to turn around and come back to port. And Jack Parsons claims that the reason that that happened was because he performed a, uh, a banishing ritual of the pentagram to keep them from leaving. Okay. Wow. This is exactly <laughs> what I was saying on the, on the text messaging. This shit is so deep. We're going to need hip waiters. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this whole thing goes down, like you said. They, they, they swindled them out of money. He, he was gonna report them, and Sarah, the his ex wife, is like, "Well, if you report them, then I'm gonna have to report you for having sex with me when I was 17, because I was, I was not of age yet." And he's like, "Ah, shit." Boom. Uh, but apparently they gave him some money back. They gave him like three thousand dollars back, two thousand, two thousand dollars, something like that. Um. He moves. He decides. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Hubbard and Sarah move on, um, 
and ends up finding. Also, just just so you guys know, I think Hubbard was actually still married when he got with that woman too. Oh yeah, he was so, married to yeah. a woman named Margaret Grubb. Yep. Uh, so then he marries Sarah. Appetizing name. Yeah. yeah. And then he oh, marries Sarah. I like Sarah. what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, and so he, he marries Sarah, Sarah, and then, like you said, he goes on to found Dianetics and Scientology. That will be a future episode. Um, if but, we're not afraid, we'll do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not They're afraid. They're already following man. us a bit. I am not afraid. I'm going in on it. Oh, hold on. I Let's have a message. <laughs> I have a voicemail on Twitter. What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's just Tom Cruise screaming at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so then, this, so yeah, so he lets them go, uh, and I guess he just—I de- I think he decides he's going to end his his relationship with this whole philemic thing, the OTO, and everything. He's done with it. He moves on. Um, it's basically kind of like a, a memory in his in his rearview mirror, and he kind of goes on to the end part of his life. Well, I want to say end part, but really, he's in the thirties, right? He's only in his 30s, and so he starts working. We said it earlier. He works for the Israelis, Israeli government for a little bit, so much so that the, the American government uh, accuses him for a little bit of espionage. He has to go – like he's investigated by Congress. Um, it, a lot of it ruins his life. He, 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 you know, this whole thing with the religion and, and being, you know – called a spy and all this stuff all the crazy sexual exploits his what his hit like no one wants to hire him his, his scientific career is just is is going down the tubes he ends up and just- also and also i think this is also when crowley and him kind of have a falling out too oh yeah yeah he and yeah crowley- where like he's even stripped of whatever his he had you know his uh crowley had Give him, give him some title, and that was stripped of him, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, all and he that. was also being investigated by the House Un American Activities Committee because of his potential links to communism yep. uh, or communist groups when he was in in uh, at Caltech. Yep, all of it's going down. Um, so it's it's 1952, right? He's uh he's about 38, 37, 38 years old. Uh, he and his his new wife. He has a new wife at the time. Um, what is this number three or number four? Jesus, uh, dude. Yeah, it's one of them. One of the, one of them. Uh, <laughs> he, he had been with her before, apparently, and then it was he had reconciled with her, and they resumed their relationship. Uh, anyway, so in in 1952, he they moved to Me- they go to Mexico for a few months, kind of for a vacation. But he also wants to try to get a work work uh, working at an explosive factory for the Mexican government. Um, again. The FBI starts questioning whether or not, you know, what what he's doing there. And, and they investigate him, but they find nothing going on. Uh, right before he's supposed to leave, though, right? Uh, it says here on June 17th, 1952, a day before his planned departure, Parsons receives a rush order of explosives for a film set and begins to work on it at his home laboratory. An explosion destroys the lower part of the building, during which Parsons sustains immortal wound or mortal wounds. His right forearm is amputated, his leg and left arm are broken, and a hole is torn in the right side of his face. Despite the inju- injuries, he's found conscious uh, and is uh, ends up be- be- being declared dead 37 minutes later uh, at the hospital. Now here's where the weird part happens. There are people that are saying that this doesn't sound like just an accident because that's what the the coroner's the investigation said it was an accident said that he was had some sort of uh you know the 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 liquid whatever it is in a like a coffee can and he dropped it and the explosion 
uh, basically went off. But a lot of his colleagues rejected that, saying that he was very attentive about safety. Two of his colleagues from Burmite Powder Company described his work habits as scrupulously neat and exceptionally cautious. Um, the latter statement from chemical engineer George Santmeyer insisted that the explosion must have come from beneath the floorboards, implying an organized plot to kill him. So even in death, his his, his, his everything around him is is surrounded in, in this crazy like conspiracy weirdness. You know what I mean? It's not just a normal death, right? Which kind of makes sense with. His life, if you think about it, like his life wasn't normal. One of the things I forgot to, we forgot to mention was that he had come in contact uh, with another big name in uh, in American history, Howard Hughes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Parsons en- uh, obtained a contract in design and constructing a chemical plant for Hughes, Hughes Aircraft. Uh, and apparently he was um, fired by Hughes because they thought that he was stealing like classified information. So there's the idea that um, when he died, that this was he, part like it was Hughes. Uh, Hughes was a part of it. That says others theorize that explosion was an assassination planned by Howard Hughes in response to Parsons' suspected theft of Hughes Aircraft Company documents. Um, his wife also became convinced that he had been murdered either by police officers seeking vengeance for his role in the conviction of Earl Kynet, uh, which let's mention that real quick we this guy's got such a, a storied life like there's not enough time to talk about it there but, really is not but earlier in his life apparently there was a, an lapd um uh officer he was the police captain who was under investigation because he, apparently he either set a car bomb or tried to set a car bomb uh to kill uh, another officer who was basically a whistleblower about corruption in the lapd um and so Parsons was brought on on as an expert witness, and he basically described how it works. He built what it looked like and everything. So much so, it was so like convincing that it was something that this captain could do that he was convicted. He was convicted of it. Uh, so they're thinking that maybe the police were after him because of it. Um, it's just a lot of stuff, man. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in here. But it, but no matter what, they they said that it was just a, an, an accident. Uh, in his lab, and that's what killed him. That's the storied, crazy life, two-sided life, the scientific life and the occultist life of Jack Parsons. Thoughts? What a I, what a weirdo! <laughs> I mean, no, it's it, from the standpoint of you know what a brilliant a of, weirdo. Exactly, a lot of people that are brilliant like that are weird. I mean, in the you know the conventional society you know, sort of way I'm a, I'm a friggin' weirdo, but you know, I write books. People expect me to be weird. I just thought this was just, yeah, to, to know that somebody as important as this guy and what he, he meant to basically a lot of our technology and where we are today. Think about that. Think about just even the fact that we went to space and we think a lot of it, it comes down to him specifically him like we wouldn't have that. So we wouldn't have a lot of the knowledge we have, you know, any of the material we have out there, at least maybe not as fast as we did it. You know, I don't know, man. It just blows me away to know that this guy, like you said at the beginning of the show, we know nothing about from history. It blew him away too. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. 
Oh, <laughs> zing! Well, we did we did kind of walk you right into that one, so yeah, we should have. I did hear. That. I did hear uh, one of the things that when I was preparing for this, um, that you know, obviously, just to back on what Chris was saying, he he is so important, just even to NASA, right? That uh, when they they were like naming craters on the moon, they were naming them after important people in history and especially uh, NASA history. But they also uh, know of his, uh, I've been calling them extracurriculars. So his crater was the one that was on the dark side of the moon. And they don't talk about it very much. Oh, is it really? (laughs) I knew there was a crater named after him. It's really on the dark side? I don't know if that was true or not, but I did hear it. That's crazy, dude. They're they're totally China-ing him. It's like the WWE in China. Like they're just yeah. like, yeah, he's important, but uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna give him the hat tip. We're not gonna. Well, that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> sad if you think about it. It is. That's oh, very sad. Yeah. Do you do yeah, the was, guy that was like the father of, or one of the fathers of modern rocket science, and he's just completely shafted by history because of all the weird stuff he was into. It's really strange what we choose in history when it comes to this. To historical figures, <laughs> I what, was gonna what say. we're okay with and what we're not okay with. I was going to say that. There's plenty of other ones like uh, Henry Ford. Let's use him as an example. Uh, obviously, he did a lot of great things. I mean, the Ford vehicle, he really changed all that. The conveyor belt and all this stuff. He did some great he also, things. He also helped invent charcoal with George Kingsford. Yeah, so he did a lot. He was very important. But also, from the things I've read, he was kind of okay with Nazis. So... You know, it's just there's all kinds of things with anybody you can look up. There's a Chris and I did that's odd recently, and it was about uh, uh, rock stars and stuff like his. Oh, did like, you mention? Did you mention David Bowie? Please tell me you mentioned David Bowie. No, 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 no. Uh, but you know, there's plenty of our rock stars that we hold in very high regard now. Who, if you went back and really looked at their history, did some kind of weird stuff that would not be accepted today. So yeah, uh, yeah. Know, David just, Bowie liked to sleep with 15 year old girls. And he's not the only rock star that was like no, that. No, he's not. So, so uh, you know, did there's you know, kinds uh, of things like that. Did you so, know that Gandhi had an affair for many years? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would tell his followers, if you feel the sexual urges, take a cold bath. But he would. Uh, he was having an affair with his, uh, I think it was like a, a nurse or something like that, a doctor. Well, Mother Teresa said AIDS was a punishment from God for uh, promiscuous sexuality, so... Even people that are actual saints, you know, aren't saints. Well, it's like Jim Jones. Uh, uh, he would go around and tell all his people that they shouldn't ever have sex. They should all not have sex. So they weren't, even if they were married. But he was going around literally having sex with all the men and women there anytime he wanted to. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's any person with power, uh, even those well meaning, will sometimes abuse it. Yep. Crazy. It is crazy, man. This guy, uh, Definitely is something to look into because the importance of what he did, but not just the importance, but where he finds himself in what I like to call history creeps history. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. he legit, he comes in contact with L. Ron Hubbard, who goes on to create Dianetics and the in like Scientology. He comes in contact with Aleister Crowley, who is world renowned as you know the, the man who chose evil yeah the man who's literally what they call him i mean the world's most wicked man and on top of that it's because of him we have rockets yeah so this this guy if if he even just did one of those three things 
that's still kind of incredible if you think about it, even if you don't agree with all the stuff that other people oh, did. Oh, for sure. He but comes, it's still incredible because they're footnotes in history. He comes in contact with and has a conversation with Ray Bradbury. Who knows yes. what effect that had on Ray to make him write? What kind of stories came into that because of that? You know, yeah. came into yeah. existence because of that. It's a, it's this it, he's he's very important and it's just a, he is he's kind of swept under the rug but uh, for this show for what we talk about I mean this guy is just something <laughs> he's, he's perfect he's yeah. legit like got to be a history creeps hall of famer yes. do you know what I mean like, seriously yeah. if we don't have that if we don't have that he should be the first inductee for may, sure let's may, do it okay I'm claiming it now he's in there I We're say I say maybe at the end of the year we'll have a <laughs> we'll say who they are actually yeah he'll be the first inductee Jack Parsons. Yeah. He deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, man. He has a very interesting life. I'll say that. Um, yeah, hope, definitely. I hope this gives the listeners uh, an urge to go check it out more. Like, look deeper. Check out. Yeah. Because by all means, listeners, that you know, we only do our shows, hour and a half shows. We could do three or four shows just on, on this guy. Just on this. Exactly. We could do a and- series. Yeah, there's so much here that we didn't even get into that really is worth your time because well, yeah, because this like, guy was just interesting as hell. I mean, just case in point, the end of our story, like all of a sudden the, the police captain came up. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, he did this as well. You know what I mean? Because like it, this it's it's ridiculous, dude. It's it's literally ridiculous how much this guy how much happened in this guy's life in just 30 something years because he ends up dying at the age of 38. Yeah. 37. 37? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy, crazy young man. man. So there you go, man. You, there you go. Um, I guess you could say that's all part of our, our history. You, you'll find traces of the occult, um, which will hit in the future, I'm, I'm sure, at some point. But, man, Jack Parsons, he went he went deep. Like, he went hard. He, he was like, Crowley, I'm in. Also, America, let me show you space. Yeah. yeah, this guy, this guy's like living like a rock star, yeah. you know, like this guy was like, this guy was like the occult version of Mick Jagger. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what it would have been like if Twitter was around back in those days, what these guys would be saying. <laughs> like, what would these guys' thoughts and tweets be? You know what I mean? <laughs> it would probably ruin them, to be honest. It it might. It might. It would take away a lot of the mystique about people. That's one of the things. I mean, I, social media is is a good and bad thing, but I kind of like, I kind of think it's a bad thing from the aspect of all these people that we now have access to that we wouldn't before. Yeah. It really does kind of take away a lot of the mystique and, and anything. I mean, just, I'll use pro wrestling as a great example. I mean, a lot of the pro wrestlers nowadays are online on Twitter. Yeah. And, and I honestly, since I love it, I follow most of them and they're all very funny, but if you're trying to portray a character, you never would have saw the undertaker, for example, ever have a Twitter account and be tweeting about, hey, t- today I went out and got some milk or something. You know, they just wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that you're would right. kind of take away the uh, the Undertaker's mystique if he's like right. tweeting about getting milk and eggs or something, you know? Yeah, so the more you know about anybody, no matter how famous they are, the less intriguing they kind of are. I feel like that's a dying idea, though, because it's, it's our generation and maybe the generation under us that I- understands the idea of the mystique. You know what I mean? Uh, later generations now that's all they know that they know that accessibility at all times so they don't understand like they don't understand what you mean when you say there's a mystique to not knowing you know what I mean you're probably yeah. right yeah uh, on that depressing note <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're getting old thanks this Chris. has been you the uh, this, has been, <laughs> this has been history creeps roundtable the uh, creeper club poll pick 
Jack Parsons, Science and the Occult. Uh, I had a good time talking about this one. I hope you guys check it out. Um, anything else, guys? You guys have anything you want to say before we head out of here? Um, I do, actually. Uh, my book is my latest book is going to hopefully soon appear in the New York Review of Books. Sweet. Uh, with a review and an advertisement, and I will be re-releasing my first novel uh, with a different publishing company, a different cover, and a quote-unquote new cut of the story. <clears throat> I saw you post about that. So you're going through and you're you're basically doing what every writer does. You're going through your thing. You're rereading it and going, well, man, I could have said this better or I could have done this better. And you're just kind of changing it up and tightening it up. Yeah, here's what Carter. I'll answer five this. Five years ago, <laughs> Carter. I'll answer this for you. What happened is, Carter sent me his book, right? And he said, "Here." And his only words were, "Punch this up." So I took his <laughs> book and just like marked out a bunch of stuff and just put really terrible word puns in there instead. <laughs> so that's all it is now. It's just a bunch of word puns. <laughs> it's just a bunch of bad puns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Things you hear your dad say and laugh about. That's, that's all it is. Hey, I'm a dad now. Come Uh-oh. on. Yeah. Dad that's why you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting a re so there's a recut of House on Dead Boy Lane coming out in the future. Yes. <laughs> so all those people that own the original, that's going to be like a collector's item when you become the next Stephen King. I I hope so, man. I want to see that thing going for like eight hundred dollars on Amazon. Sweet. If I if I got to pay eighty three dollars to try to get a a copy of Weekend at Burnings two on DVD, then yes, I expect <laughs> my book to be going for more than that. Somebody really wanted to see that movie. I'm not paying that much for any movie. I don't care what. Uh, it's out of print, so that's why it's so expensive. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. So that's our show for the day. Uh, go check out Carter's. Uh, what you say? It's going to be the. It's going to be your book's going to be reviewed. Where is it? The New York book. The New York Review of Books. New York Review of Books. Check it out. Look for his uh, House on Dead Boy Lane recut coming out, uh, and check out his other books on Amazon. Carter Johnson. Uh, and, st- and make sure you stay tuned for the Johnny Remix version of all of Carter's books. It's coming soon. <laughs> And they're all full of puns. Uh, Johnny, you That's still doing... That's all they are. Terrible. <laughs> and it's not, they're not good. <laughs> Johnny, you still doing your sketch card sale? No, I stopped it uh, yesterday. But Aww. thanks. <laughs> hey, you know what? Whenever whenever you're doing them, we'll, we'll make sure we promote it because I'm about to put in uh, an order for a whole bunch of them. Uh, well, just go to Johnnyism28. I put a lot of art up there, and I'm uh, usually open for commissions. You just got to ask me. There you go. Uh, this was the roundtable episode that our patrons, uh, boardroom members, were able to vote on. You want to know how to do that? You want to know how to listen to back uh, back end episodes? That doesn't make any I sense. I do. Yes. Um, basically, extra episodes, outtakes, uh, stuff that regular people on the iTunes accounts aren't getting to hear. Uh, check the out normies. Our, yeah. The normies. If you're not a creeper, you're not in, man. You don't know what's going That's on. That's right. So head over to Patreon. Look up History Creeps. Patreon.com slash History Creeps. Uh, check us out. See if you want to get involved. Listen to some extra audio, uh, some fun times. Get in on the voting. Uh, there's other fun stuff happening, too, man. Some people that are on there, and I don't even advertise we're doing this, uh, but they got to vote on something that's coming out here soon, and they get exclusive access to it first as well. So uh, you want to know what I'm talking about? Head over to Patreon and uh, give us a support if you can. If not, the fact that you listen to us is support enough and we appreciate it. So for Carter Johnson, for Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. We want to thank you again for listening. Uh, Thanks, Samantha. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Michael. And as always, you creepers, stay creepy.